Greetings and salutations. It's the Thack Daddy, and uh, this is the Thack Daddy experience. <clears throat> Happy New Year. I uh, hope it was a good one for you. Um, and yeah, so I'm going to be talking about the latest Miyazaki film entitled The Boy and the Heron. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, Miyazaki's done it again. I can only give you my analysis based on what I gleaned through my first viewing. Uh, essentially, I think of this movie as uh, something that has to be watched more than once. But uh, this is my initial understanding slash appreciation of the film. Uh yeah, I already said repeated viewings. It's very multifaceted. It's very layered. It's uh, it's it's very strange. Like you you meet this character Mahito, and you know he's this young boy, and you know he arrives at this place, and you're constantly seeing this Heron, and there's a tower. That kind of acts as a gateway to another world. And it's also the place where the other world is housed. And, you know, in this tower is where our proverbial rabbit hole is traversed by the protagonist. Um, normal rules, as always, do not apply to what Miyazaki's doing. Um... The music in the film is uh, utilized in a way that I consider very precision oriented. Like there's the beginning of the movie or the first third, maybe closer to the first half. Like it's a very slow moving story. And. The pacing of it is seems very deliberate. It's very slow, and there's a lot of attention to detail. Uh, the way that the film is animated, uh, I for one, I just I love stories so much, especially animation ones. Normally, I don't slow myself down to get to the point where I'm critiquing the art or the animation itself, but the fluidity of the animation in this film the passion that comes from the animation in this film from a gentleman who is in his 80s and doesn't like to utilize computer technology to make his films uh, it's a feat if we're not lucky enough to experience another film or should he not have the energy or desire to make another film is this ugh, excuse me sorry if this is truly the last Miyazaki film, as a fan, I, I can totally live with it because, again, that deliberate pacing that's used, that kind of quiet and somber way that they move Mahito around, um, it's crazy because you see the poor kid, you know, a fire consumed everything, including his mother. And 
we're seeing him a few years later with his father being dropped off to their new home with his new pregnant stepmother. And then there's that heron. And that thing is hilarious, both as a character and visually, the way it's approach, its interactions with Mojito, uh, its, in, its interactions with the tower. And, you know, this heron keeps haranguing Mojito, and uh, it keeps leading him to this tower. And apparently the tower was one that Mojito's great uncle built around this alien building and the building of the tower around the the structure of the building a lot of people died doing it and I always find that interesting because anytime I look at bridges or there are discussions about infrastructure for Specifically United States I always think how important it is And how dangerous it is And how the hell did they do that shit And you know Your mind starts running into Well how many people are trained Because people used to do apprenticeships They used to do All these different types of things Where they Spent a large Portion of time Learning and mastering the basics And the essentials of Whatever their given craft was, be it sculpting, cooking, building homes, uh, any of these types of things. So, I know it sounds silly that my mind went there when I saw that in the film, but I'm always amazed that so many things we take for granted are the labors of others. Others who will never know, and they're impacting our lives. I think it's weird. I think it's kind of cool. But anyway... <clears throat> so you know this Hammer keeps haranguing this kid And um, You know Once The veil between the worlds Is pierced Mahito's epic journey Or odyssey truly begins And um, What I liked about this movie Is that Not only did it, it draw me in But I allowed it to draw me in. Um, I was pleasantly surprised that, you know, aside from those moments of potato chip snacking that we call watching clips, you know, these little 30 second clip bait videos and, you know, sound bite type things. those are very, very infinitesimally s- tiny snacks. This movie is a feast. And it was a feast because you you watch this young man, Mojito. He's all moribund. He's in pain. His confusion and anxiety are palpable. And... Everything feels alive, even though it's drawn. The the you can feel the attention to detail on day to day things just by looking at the film. The way that Mahito walks into a room, the way he drifts out of a room, the way he stares vacantly in the air, and you can just 
feel his mind is somewhere else and you recognize in yourself those moments in life that were challenging that made you stare into the air and look at something anything nothing so he gets dropped off and you see these older ladies pass by Mojito and Natsuko who's Mojito's new stepmother and you see the last older lady walking by wave to a man in the stairwell and that's like a split second occurrence but because of that deliberate slow pacing in the beginning where you're kind of immersed in the kind of pain anxiety and confusion of Mojito and then you kind of break over this threshold and barrier with this hair on and this tower which you you don't know much about and that it turns into a full-fledged Miyazaki movie because the ability to take your audience into a world and then you not know the rules of the world the world is both familiar and alien and to tug at your heartstrings and to tug at you mentally and in an abstract capacity and in a dream-like capacity with those types of qualities um it's incredible and um they, there's some as par for the course for a Miyazaki film there are some strange entities floating about um you know you, you run into these weird parakeets and there's these little souls climbing the trees and then, then there's the heron who's like has a weird little guy inside of it <laughs> uh and you know sometimes when the heron is interacting with Mojito you almost feel like it's gonna tear him apart and kill him and then other times you just think it's a goofy ass character and um I like the fact that there's a piece of art with a Mojito that we can root for because there's another Mojito out there and he's in the show Jujutsu Kaisen and he's a fucker man alright aside from that um, so the Heron, you know, it has like what I consider a nose that is reminiscent of a baboon's ass. Um, and basically, it literally has like that weird guy is like a sort of quasi human version of itself, sticks his head out of his mouth. And, um, Like once Mojito's immersed in that tower world, that's when the whole story gets really crazy. You encounter all these different beings and there's all these constant struggles and it's just phenomenal. Um, I really can't wait for them to release it so I can see it again. Um, I've wanted to see it again since it ended and uh, it's because of that initial drama build up and, and that tension and the fact that things when they do get weird in this movie they get fantastically weird you can feel a sense of confusion and you know a lack of cohesion 
there's so much going on and it is fluid and yet rapid um to say it demands repeat viewings is a is an understatement and I, I feel like that uh relates to a vast majority of his products whether it's spirited away or how's moving castle one of my favorites is actually nausicaa of the wind it had that old style animation and when i found out that uh, miyazaki was also involved in part with the creation of the last unicorn um, like the ralph Bashki old school animation like they did the lord of the rings cartoons back in the day which were really good before we were lucky enough to get the live action versions um but the, the artwork in this movie is really nice it's beautiful the animation is breathtaking the attention to detail is almost astounding because the movement and then the interaction of the not to be weird but you know you're looking at a plane and an interaction between the objects within the plane sorry have great depth and detail and you can recognize a lot of it just from observing normal life so when you see that kind of fluidity and you and you you know the attention to detail in terms of facial expressions movements of hands shadows a little bird hopping across a lawn and flying away and then it, it turns into you know you get these crazy parakeets trying to hunt down mojito and he gets help from the uh from this girl who you know she's powerful and you know you have the little soul guys climbing the trees and you know you have forces trying to confront and destroy Mahito and he has to confront these forces so he can free himself of some of his suffering and not feel as though he was the source of his mother's death and that he can move forward in his life definitely wish I got to see this film again um, it was gone too quick and the holiday season is one of the worst times to like hit the movies because the weather is so unpredictable and Usually you get the seats of death where you have to sit right in front of the screen and you just feel like the screen is pressing down on your temples. And you get the migraine headaches from hell and shit. It's just out of hand. But anyway, that's how I felt about this fucking movie. It's an awesome, awesome movie. And I mean, you're gonna sludge through it. Like some people... Probably like, oh, it's so fucking boring. Like, he's walking into a room and he's staring. But it's it's so much more than that. And, uh, and you know, it's one of the reasons why Miyazaki's considered a master is because he knows how to control a pace. Because after you watch the beginning of the movie and, you know, when Mojito is led by the heron into the tower and then you know you learn all this other stuff and he's battling these magical fantastical creatures in this other level reality you just appreciate 
the magic of what Miyazaki has done with the art form of animation and how he uses his power to create films that have a sense of magic and wonder to them and as a fan of film in general and as a fan of animation in particular and especially and particularly anime um love the anime but the the animation in this is just incredible and the story is very complex and weird but that's what kind of makes it really enjoyable you look forward to it you know those kinds of twists where you're immersed in the kind of day-to-day drama what we would call the mundane and lifted into the magical he balances them out he uses the magical to highlight the mundane and to actually show that there is some magic in the mundane as well so love Miyazaki love the movie if you haven't had a chance to see it when it when it's released in whatever format uh I recommend you should check it out um I'll be coming back with some stuff for closing out my hell's paradise podcast and um what I'm excited about right now is solo leveling and undead unluck. Um, I'll be getting into those and some other random shit because uh, I'm very good at digressing. Oh, and uh, speaking of digression, that Fight Club 2, which came in the form of a comic um, from Dark Horse. That was a crazy ass, <laughs> crazy ass book, man. Uh Chuck Palahniuk, he uh, he he does some wild shit, man. That book is a, uh, and it comes in the form of a comic book. And uh, I read it recently, and I was I enjoyed it very much. Um, I, I'm gonna read the third one, and I don't know if I'm gonna talk about them like I did when I discussed uh, the graphic novel version of 1984. To me, 1984 is one of the top ten greatest creations of art ever <clears throat> across the arts doesn't matter music movies literature uh 1984 is, is fantastic so um i don't put fight club quite at that level um i'd have to reread the book the first one the second one was incredible and i have to read the third one but i still i think fight club might be in the top 100 books just because it was written in a way that was so conventional to be brought to the masses um you know i mean them making a movie out of it was pretty insane but it was the 90s so what do you want anyway mr thack daddy i appreciate your time i hope you're all safe i hope you're all doing well in life in general and you know if you're not doing great i hope you're on a come up peace take care of yourselves protect yourselves and always remember things could actually be worse this is Thack Daddy take care peace out DVR podcast peace